Music with a message on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide, KFUO.org, AM850 here in the St. Louis area. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm your host, Gary Duncan. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And today we welcome back our regular guest, St. Peter of St. Peter's Hook and Crook. And don't don't forget, Gary, we're still offering our two-for-one sheep dipping discount. If you haven't done so already, there's still time to have your sheep dipped and ready for the summer months. And don't you forget, Peter, I've said this before, this is a non-commercial radio station, and we really need to just get on with our business at hand. Oh, well, my apologies, Gary. And, and you're right, we do need to get on with the business at hand because there's still a lot we have to discuss. Now, the last few weeks, we've been talking about that day that Jesus forgave me for the three times I denied him. That day, he restored me to full-fledged apostleship as recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 21. Now, now, now I know there are several questions you wanted me to answer about this event, and for some reason, we never seem to get to them. <laughs> and I'm not sure we will get to them today either. Why not, Peter? You finished going over the details of the story, so all that's left is to answer my questions. Well, that's true. But it seems Mrs. Peter also has a question she wants answered. And, and since I only philos you, Gary, and I agape her, I'm afraid her question takes priority. Oh, okay. Maybe I should explain what you're talking about here, Peter. We talked about it in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, there are two Greek words in the Bible for love. One is philos, and that's the affection that is between companions. But agape is the love that implies a full and complete commitment, you know, a, a, a willingness to even give up your life for the beloved. Uh, precisely. It is the love I promised to Mrs. Peter. Till death do us part, I vowed. So what was Mrs. Peter's question? Well, last week when we talked about philos and agape, I pointed out that John uses both of those words to describe the relationship of God the Father to God the Son. As a matter of fact, Peter, I still have those verses marked right here in my Bible. John chapter 5, verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And the word there for love is philos. And the second passage I have marked here is John 3.35, For the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. And despite the similarities to the first verse, John, in this instance, uses the word agape. Now, Mrs. Peter's question was, how can the Father both fill us and agape his son Jesus? However, it seems to me if you understand the true meaning of agape and fill us, it makes perfect sense. Hmm, well... It may make perfect sense to you, Peter, but it doesn't to me. I'm as confused as your wife. In what sense is the love of God the Father for his son Jesus, both Phyllis or Agape? Well, well first of all, remember, uh, Gary, Agape love always implies sacrifice, right? Now ask yourself, why is that? Well, well, for example, why does the love of a husband for his wife involve laying down his life for her, as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians? Or indeed, when Jesus commands us to love our neighbor, why does he use the sacrificial word, agape? Hmm. 
You know, I've given up a lot of things for my wife, Marsha. You don't see me driving around on a motorcycle, do you? (laughs) (laughs) What a sacrifice you made there. (laughs) But that's just what marriage involves. And I suppose she would say she has sacrificed many things to be married to you. (laughs) Uh, Well, that goes without saying, Peter. It's pretty obvious anyone who would marry me would be making uh, sacrifices. Yeah, you can say that again, Gary. Uh, Anybody uh, married to me would be making sacrifices. I said yeah, it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I, okay, the, the same is true of me. And, and God bless our wives for loving us with an agape love. But, but that's my question, Gary. Why is it when we really make a commitment to someone, uh, be it our spouse, family, or even friends, why does it always seem that commitment involves some sort of sacrifice on our part. Well, I suppose because we live in a sinful world. Exactly. And not only because we're in a sinful world, but because sin is in us as well. After all, we've been born in sin and conceived in iniquity, as the scripture says. Because we're sinful people dealing with sinful people, love always involves some sort of sacrifice. Or agape, as the Bible calls it. But don't you see, in the relationship between God the Father and God the Son, there is no sin. Their relationship is pure and holy. Uh, In light of that truth, philos is an appropriate term for their love. Uh, Their love is perfect, and therefore they don't need to make any sacrifice for each other. In fact, they are completely one in all things. There is no sin between them, and so in a very real sense, they don't need to agape each other. They are one in philos. I'm afraid you've gotten a little too philosophical for me. I'm still confused. If the Father and the Son don't need agape, why then does John elsewhere say the Father agapes the Son? Well, because the relationship of God the Father and God the Son is never just between the two of them. That relation always involves another party. Mm, You mean the Holy Spirit? No, no, well, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, The relationship with the Holy Spirit is also a thing of purity, holiness, and oneness. But that relationship of the Holy Trinity uh, always includes another party. Wait a second. I thought the Trinity was three and one. Now you're trying to tell me there's a fourth person? Oh, no, no, Gary. It's my fault. I'm afraid I'm I'm just confusing you. What I'm trying to say is that when you talk about the relation between the three persons of the Holy Trinity, there's always another person to consider, and that is us, Gary. After all, the Bible says we are one with God as well. We are his creatures. The Bible clearly says all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, were involved in our creation. I do remember that the Bible says in Genesis that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, even as God the Father said, let there be light. And our mutual friend, the Apostle John, reminds us that Jesus was involved as well. John chapter 1, verse 3, all things were made through him, that is Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. All I'm saying is that there is an intimate relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and us. They are our creator, and we are their creatures. Wait a minute. What does this all have to do with John saying the Father agapes the Son? Well, don't you see, Gary? As soon as we sinful creatures enter the equation, 
then you know sacrifice is going to be involved. The relationship of father and son is one of perfect philos for each other. But now that we're also part of that relationship, the relation of father and son will also require the sacrificial love of agape. I think I understand now, Peter, just as John wrote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Our sin means the Father must sacrifice his Son. Uh, appropriately, the word John uses in that verse you just quoted is agape. For God so agape the world. And of course, his Son as well had sacrificial agape given up his life for us on the cross. But what about the Spirit, Peter? Does his love for us involve agape? Man, that's a good question, Gary. I don't know that the Bible specifically uses that word in regard to the Spirit. You know, we've got a lot of sharp listeners out there. If anybody knows of such a passage, why don't they send us an email? It might be stretching it a bit, but maybe there is a hint of sacrificial love in the Spirit. In the verse from Romans 8, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That groaning, I suppose, is a form of sacrificial love. Regardless, Peter, I now understand how the relationship of Father and Son involves both kinds of love. As persons of the Holy Trinity, their love for each other is pure and holy and requires no sacrifice. So it could be described simply as a thing of philos. But, but as soon as we come into the picture, the love of the Father and the Son has to involve agape as well. The Father sacrificing the Son for us, and the Son sacrificing his own life for us. I wonder if this isn't what the Apostle Paul is getting at when he prays, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and height, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I suppose it's also why the Apostle Paul assures us, for I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of this has to do with the fact that the Father not only philosophes the Son, but agapes him as well. And agapes us as well. Nicely said, Gary. And there's much more we need to say about this love. For this agape love of Father and Son is, is capable of transforming our weak love into a thing of agape as well. That can be clearly seen in what Jesus said to me later the day he restored me. But then again, uh, we still have the other questions you want answered as well. What is the symbolism of the 153 fish that we caught that day? What is the significance of my nickname, Peter? And on that day Jesus restored me, why didn't he simply say, I forgive you, Peter? Peter, it's just dawned on me. I hope you're not avoiding answering those questions just so you have an excuse to keep coming back and plugging your sheep dipping service. Now, would I do such a thing as that? 
Would you? It is sheep dipping season, and you know, we do have our special, don't forget, Gary, two-for-one sheep dipping deal. And of course, when the dipping season comes to an end, we are also your St. Louis headquarters for all your summer fishing supplies. Uh, oh, uh, I I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> My mind was meandering there. Of course, I'll answer all your questions a as soon as I can. Uh, until next week, Gary. And uh, don't forget, a dipped sheep is a happy sheep. Okay, well, it's nice to know that a dip sheep is a happy sheep, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks so much, Peter, for being on the program today. This is the Messenger of Good News. We are worldwide at KFUO.org, AM850 here in the St. Louis region.